Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin in The Marriage. With the conviction that marriage remains the most popular domestic arrangement between friendly people, NBC takes pleasure in presenting by transcription one of the most distinguished couples of the American theater, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as Liz and Ben Marriott in the love and laughter of the marriage. On the day that my father retired from his position as elementary school principal, he announced to the family that he did not intend to run down like an eight-day clock at the end of the week. He signed up for handball lessons at the YMCA and matriculated at Rutgers University for a doctorate in ancient history. We don't see father often. Occasionally, the family has a pleasant get-together after the funeral of some distant cousin. But recently, we saw quite a lot of him. My sister Virginia, that's the unmarried one, was off to California for three weeks, and we inherited father. We were discussing it at dinner one night, the night he was scheduled to arrive. What kind of grateful Garfield? Peter, try that again without benefit of mashed potatoes. It was string beans. Oh, I should have known. The vowels come out French. Oh, what kind of <laughs> grandpa get here? I don't know. He's supposed to telephone from Penn Station. Isn't Virginia bringing him in? Well, why should she? Ben, your father's 72. Don't worry. He has all his faculties. I thought he wasn't principal anymore. It's a different kind of faculty, dopey. Peter, it means thinking. When some people get very old, sometimes they don't think as well as they used to. They don't remember things. Their minds just slow down. Oh. How old are you, Pop? <laughs> Never mind. I wish we could figure out some way so we didn't have to sleep on the couch. Maybe we could give him our bed. Well, I could sleep on the couch, and you will... Yeah, there's always a hook in the hall closet. I'll get it, Mommy. Thank you, dear. Grandpa! Emily! Well, 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 Emily. Well, it can't be. It's Grandpa! Grandpa! Hello, oh, Virginia wrote... Hello. He was supposed to call. Maybe he took a cab. Well, Father Marion. Elizabeth, my dear, good evening. Now, don't get up. Good evening, Benjamin. Father, good evening. Well, well, Emily. Are you big enough so I can start kissing you again? Oh, Grandpa. <laughs> I presume I can shake hands with you, Peter. If you don't mind, Grandpa. Not at all. There. Wow, what a grip. <laughs> Father, you were supposed to call from the station. Did you take a taxi? I walked. Walked? But Penn Station must be 30 blocks away. 31. Allowing for crosstown blocks, I estimated at one and eight-tenth miles. What'd you do it in, Grandpa? An average of slightly under two and one-half miles per hour. Counting traffic lights, uh, there was a stiff headwind. <laughs> <laughs> Have you had dinner? It won't take me a minute to heat up the gravy. No, no, thank you. I had sandwiches on the train. I brought them in a shoebox. Are you sure? There's a whole roast left, now, really. Oh, please, Elizabeth. I'll just fix a nice plate. No. No? No, thank you. I really don't want you to trouble. It's a principle with me. Man has one quality which separates him from the animals. Does anyone know what it is? Pop has his hand up. Huh? Oh, oh, I was just scratching my ear. Well, Benjamin, the quality which separates man from the animals... What? Oh, uh... Opposable thumb? No, Benjamin. 
Primarily adaptability. I pride myself on it. I don't want you to trouble about me. I will adjust to you. That's very sweet of you. But you will have coffee and dessert with it. Coffee? Is it decaffeinated? Oh, I, I'm afraid not. Father, we, we really don't drink much coffee. Well, I'll take a glass of milk if it's all right. If you have plenty for the children. Oh, you can have mine, Grandpa. Never mind, Pete. I'll get your glass of milk right now. Emily, uh, will you clear? Yeah, Mom. Oh, uh, Elizabeth, is the coffee on the stove heating? Yes. Uh, yes, it is. Then it wouldn't be too much additional trouble to replace the pot with a saucepan. Uh, would it uh, require turning on another unit? No. No, it wouldn't. Fine. Then I'll take my milk slightly warmed, as long as it's no additional trouble. Oh, it's no trouble. And uh, just a scant teaspoon of honey. <laughs> Father always was an active conversationalist. I remember breakfast when I was little as a very educational experience. Now he sipped his warm milk and debated with Pete the merits of the leather clutch in the 1911 Rolls-Royce. Ah, he hadn't changed. I remember the precise gesture with which he told off on his fingers the major points of his discourse. I'd always remembered his hair as gray... The glass of his bifocals couldn't hide that sparkle in his eye. At nine o'clock precisely, he took his thin gold watch from his vest pocket, snapped open the lid, then snapped it shut again. It's been a long time, but I seem to remember nine o'clock as the customary retiring hour for young gentlemen of Peter's age. You mean I have to go to bed? It's your bedtime, Pete. Oh. Go on now. Say goodnight to Grandfather. Good night, Grandpa. Good night, Peter. Do I have to, Pop? Go ahead, Pete. And no sneaking in a flashlight to read under the covers. Okay. Good night. At 10 o'clock, Emily went in to finish her homework. Liz and Father and I sat in the living room and talked. Father had just read an article on progressive trends in education. In my school, I always saw to it that the children graduated knowing at least 100 facts of cardinal importance. But who chose which hundred facts were the most important? I did. Oh. Um, did the children enjoy it? I don't think so. <laughs> From 1928 until I retired, I believe I was known to several generations of students as uh, Old Picklehead. <laughs> <laughs> it used to appear on the walls of the washrooms with remarkable consistency. <laughs> I had a custodian working an hour a day erasing it. But do you think it was really worth it? No. Children will write on walls in washrooms. I mean the hundred facts. Father, I don't think you mean to say that the purpose of education is Excuse only Excuse to... me, Benjamin. I, I see it as exactly 11.27. I suggest we continue this discussion at breakfast. Well, I just wanted to make this point. I think you do right. have to appear at your office tomorrow, Benjamin. Well, yes, you, yes, I do. I think 11.30 is late enough, then. Really, Father, we don't I find that regularity in sleeping schedules contributes to general peace of mind. Well, I suppose we should get some sleep. Uh, Liz? It is 11.27. Yes, yes. Yes, it is 11.27. 11.28. Good night, Elizabeth. Good night, Benny. Uh, good night, Father. Good night. Ben? Ben, are you asleep? No. Neither am I. Really? I'm not sleepy at all. 
Why not? Well, for one thing, we don't usually go to bed till around 12.30. No, we can use the extra sleep. What extra sleep? I'm going to turn on the light and read. What do you think? About what? Your father. What should I think? Ben, if I've heard you condemn the fact-stuffing school of education once, I've heard it a thousand times. What do you mean? Well, you just sat there. Well, now, you don't want me to argue with him, do you? Why not? Well, he's 72, and besides, it's not important. And, you know, there's something to what he says. Is there? Well, the kids don't learn enough facts. You know, Emily didn't know the date of the Norman invasion when Father asked her. <laughs> Were you embarrassed? Oh, a little, sure. Hmm. You're lucky you didn't call on me. I probably wouldn't have known which country they invaded. Now, cut it out, Liz. Say, what's the matter, anyway? Oh, nothing. I don't really know. What's that? Father must be going to bed. He believes in fresh air for sleeping. That one was in the kitchen. Father has all the extra blankets on the couch. Oh, we'll be warm enough. At 15 degrees? Well, anyway, we'll stay fresh for months. What is it? A oh, Benjamin. Do you need anything? There are towels on the rack. I just saw the light under your door. It's 12.05, Benjamin. Oh. All right. Good night, son. Good night. Benjamin. Yes? Do you think I could sneak in a flashlight and read under the covers? Father was up early in the morning and made breakfast for the whole family. There we are. Fresh squeezed orange juice, hot cereal, wheat cakes with molasses, and cocoa. Cocoa? We usually have a cup of coffee. Oh, just a seven-ounce cup. I can't, uh, uh, Ben can't get started in the morning without his coffee. Dependency upon artificial stimulants is a weakness of character, Benjamin. I'll pour your cocoa. I want my coffee. Now, Liz, you don't want to hurt his feelings. After all, he did make the breakfast. Without coffee. I'll have it in a minute. Coffee contains caffeine and other injurious elements. I want a nice hot cup of injurious elements. With heavy cream. Now, one cup of coffee isn't going to make as much difference as all that. Oh, I know. You'll head for the nearest drugstore on the way to work, but I'm stuck here. Well, I'll bring you some tonight in a thermos. Thanks. Ah, here we are. Two brimful piping hot cups of Marriott Special Blend Cocoa. Well. Are you having some trouble, Emily? I sure am, Grandpa. Can you do a geometry problem when everything is unknown? Well, you set the proposition up wrong. Start by writing out the Pythagorean theorem. Uh, you do know it. Well, not exactly offhand. There's nothing offhand about mathematics. Mr. Jacobson says geometry is like playing the piano. You have to practice. And he's quite right. How about uh, an hour of drill every weeknight after supper? But... A whole hour? Oh, you'll soon find that mathematics is more thrilling than music or popular fiction. I will? If we attack this together in an organized manner, within a few weeks you'll be begging me to start you in advanced trigonometry.
bother fixing anything, Liz. I had a bite downtown. How big a bite? Just a sandwich and uh, coffee. Oh. How would you like to smuggle me in a few coffee beans in the heels of your shoes? It wasn't very good coffee. We had a lovely supper. Well, that's fine. Turnip greens. Father's idea? They're jam-packed with some obscure vitamin. Pete ate two portions. What did you use, a bullwhip? He saw Father pick up a chair by one leg and hold it at arm's length. What's Emily doing? Nicely geometry session. I guess Father gets a kick out of sort of getting back to teaching. Ben, Emily doesn't like geometry. She'll learn from Father. If there's one thing he knows how to do, it's study drill. Look, Ben, you've just got to do something. You've got to talk to him. About what? Well, everything. No, Liz. He I... is a sweet old man, I know, and he's so enthusiastic. But then he has a whim of iron. Well, he's just trying to be helpful. He rearranged my linen closet this afternoon. Did a good job, I bet. Oh, yes, it's very neat, very efficient. But it's not the way I have my linen closet. I know, Liz, but it really isn't very important, is it? Ben, I have a perfect right to have my linen closet the way I want it. It seems so trivial. It is. That's what makes it important. That's ridiculous. No, it isn't, Ben. The way we do things belongs to us. It makes our family. My illogical linen closet is very precious to me. Well, I I can't tell Father that. I wouldn't know how to put it. Put it some way. It's only for three weeks. Ben. Uh, All right. All right, I'll talk to him. Tomorrow? You see, Father, I don't quite know how to put this. We've always been rather relaxed about things. We've been flexible. I've noticed that, Ben. You were like that when you were a boy. Was I? Oh, yes. You always used to have your knickers down around your ankles. My. Refused to wear garters. Uh, Pull up your trouser leg. What? Oh, trouser leg. I thought so. Still no garters. I don't really need them, Father. I mean, these are rib-topped socks. Garters are a mark of a careful and prudent man. Father, I don't use... I'll buy you a pair tomorrow. Father, I... I want to talk to you about well, the whole question of our family routine. I thought you'd want to talk about that, Benjamin. I enjoy helping you children. I'm glad I'm still needed. I think I'll run out and get those garters tonight. You can wear them to the office tomorrow. Ben, did you talk to him? Yes, I talked to him. Well, what happened? I have to wear garters. We lived through the week. Liz rebelled about Thursday breakfast and brewed herself a cup of coffee strong enough to tan leather. I suppose I was avoiding the issue. But I thought it was selfish to object to, well, so many little things. So I sipped my cocoa, straightened my garters, and went off to work. Friday night, things came to a head. Liz was in supervising Pete's bath. All right, Emily, I'm ready now. I have the books all laid out on the dining room table. What books, Grandpa? Tonight we'll review factoring and... uh... Oh, no, Grandpa, tonight's Friday night. Yes, I know. Well, I don't study on Friday night. 
We agree to have our little drills every weeknight. Well, not Friday. Friday is still in the week. Chief, Friday night. The sooner we get to it, Emily, the sooner it'll be over. Well, there's somebody... I mean... Well, Bobby Logan's coming over. He's already half an hour late. Is that a tall boy, about six feet two, uh, something like a hooping crane? <laughs> <laughs> That's Bobby. You see, I couldn't possibly have a geometry lesson tonight, Grandpa. He'll be here any minute. He's already been here, about 35 minutes ago. You were showering, I believe. He went away. He went away? Well, he could We had a pleasant little chat. Grandpa, what did you tell him? I pointed out that you had a prior obligation to our little mathematical sessions. He, he seemed to be a very understanding boy. He said he didn't realize you thought geometry was that important. Oh, no. Grandpa, you didn't. Not really. Now, don't worry about it, my dear. I'm sure he understood the value of sticking to regular study schedules and respects you for it. Now... Factory. Daddy! Daddy! Yes, Didn't you hear? Daddy, he sent Bobby away. I had a date. Oh, Grandpa, how could you? Now, Emily, I think you're making quite a fuss over nothing. Nothing? Nothing? You didn't have any right to do that. It isn't fair. Daddy! I think we'd better start our little lesson. You didn't have any right to send Bobby away. You don't have any right to make me do geometry on Friday night. Emily, I have ten problems set up. We might as well get to it. No. No, I won't do any more geometry. I won't. I think you'll have to stay in the house this weekend until you do. You can't do that to me. Now, let's get started. You can't do that. You're not my father. Emily. Daddy, you can't do that. It isn't fair. Listen, Emily, Emily. It's just a date. There'll be others. You see Bobby every day at school. Why don't you just do the problem? No. No, I won't. Grandpa, you can't make me stay in the house. Daddy, you know it isn't fair. Daddy! Emily, it really wouldn't take you very long to do the problem. But it just isn't fair. He can't do that to me, can he? If Grandfather said that... I think you'll have to stay in if you don't. I mean, the, the, the... Daddy, it isn't fair. It isn't fair, and you know it. You wouldn't do that to me. What's happened to you, Daddy? Don't worry, Benjamin. Discipline is a hard thing to enforce. But it's necessary. Emily is a fine child, basically. She was right. I wouldn't do that to her. In time, a child learns. It wasn't fair to humiliate her in front of Bobby. And then punish her for protesting. The most important thing is the sense of values. First things first. In our family, children have always learned to follow order and regulation. This isn't your family, Father. It's mine. I'm Emily's father. Of course, Benjamin. That's why I'm glad to see you being firm. Too many parents... Father, you for... never will listen to me, will you? You never have. Well, you've got to now. You can't do this anymore. You, you can't make everything go your way. I tried to tell myself that it was trivial, that it wasn't important, but it is. I can't let you run Emily's life, or mine. I let it go on too long. Habit, I guess. But it's a habit we'd better break right now. Father, I'm sorry. Emily will not stay in this weekend, and she will not do those geometry problems because it isn't fair. And we don't handle our children that way. Benjamin, drill and study never hurt a child. And firm discipline is necessary. Oh, yes, of course. 
sometimes you learn some very important things. Necessity is the argument of tyrants, William Pitt the Younger, 1779 to 1806. And rebellion to tyranny is obedience to God, Thomas Jefferson, 1743 to 18-something uh, or other. You remember those, Father? Two of your hundred cardinal facts. I'm afraid that I forgot them for a moment. Benny, I, I didn't mean to hurt Emily. I know, Father, I'm sorry. It isn't your fault, really. You shouldn't have to change. It was up to me. Ben, really, I... I... I'm a little confused. Was I too harsh on the child? Sometimes I forget, you know. I know, Father. You love the kids, and they love you. I, I didn't realize. I, I wanted to be helpful. I... Excuse me. Wait a minute, Father. I think you'd better wait. Emily. Maybe you'd better let her alone for a while. Emily, I have come to apologize. You have? I'm afraid I didn't understand... I'm told I had no right to send that boy away. If you like, I'll write a note of explanation. A note? To Bobby? Further, I'm afraid I enjoyed teaching again more than you enjoyed learning. On reflection, I believe I had no right to punish you. I apologize. If that's all right, Grandpa. Emily, I... I thought I was helping you. It's very hard for an old man to realize that he isn't in charge. You see, for all those years, I, I had all the children in the school, and, uh, and you, you aren't really angry with me, are you? No, it just wasn't fair. It wasn't anything personal, Grandpa. Thank you, Emily. Well, if it'll do any good, I'll go down to the drugstore and bring back a quart of ice cream. Ice you know, we can hear that through four doors. <laughs> I'll heat up the coffee. I'll make cocoa. Elizabeth, uh, I'll have coffee. Coffee, I'm told, goes very well with ice cream. All right. Coffee. Good. And, uh, Elizabeth. Uh, yes? While you're heating the coffee pot, uh, perhaps there's room on the burners for a small saucepan of milk. Of course there is. Uh, perhaps a little honey, a scant teaspoon. Milk and honey. I'll be glad to. Uh, just float the egg yolk on top. Egg yolk? Separated, of course. You can use the whites for meringue. You like meringue, I hope. We'll learn to like it, Father. That's good. I don't want to be any trouble at all. <laughs> Ben and Liz Marriott will be back in just a moment. In the meantime, let us extend an invitation on behalf of our stars, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin, as well as the National Broadcasting Company, to all of you to drop by next week at this time for another half-hour observation and transcription of The Marriage, written by Ernest Canoy, with Denise Alexander, heard as Emily, David Pepper as Pete, and Edwin Jerome as Father Marriott. To those of you who have been so generous in writing, either to the network or to the stars, to express your appreciation of the marriage, Jessica Tandy and Hume Cronin extend warm thanks. Tonight, Joan Fontaine stars at NBC Star Playhouse on the NBC Radio Network.